from the Ticats Audio Network. This is ongoing coverage of the 2023 Grey Cup Festival leading up to the 110th Grey Cup in Hamilton. Welcome to ongoing coverage of the 2023 Grey Cup Festival on the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Braden Neville on today's show. The Grey Cup arrives in style to the city of Hamilton on a very famous ship. And Hamilton Mayor Andrea Horvath and Ontario Minister of Tourism, Culture and Sport, Neil Lumsden, speak to me about the exciting occasion. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes also arrived in Hamilton later in the day. And they spoke about gearing up for the 110th Grey Cup. And Coach Sal joins the show to discuss Grey Cup memories and looking ahead to the big game. The Grey Cup has officially arrived it arrived at the HMCS Star Naval Reserve Division in Hamilton this morning aboard His Majesty's Canadian ship Harry DeWolf as the CAF and the CFL celebrated the Naval Reserve's 100 years of service to Canada and what a gorgeous day it was for today. Cannon shot at the pier as a sign of salute from HMCS Star Sailors to welcome the Grey Cup's arrival after a four and a half hour trip from Toronto to Hamilton so just a little bit longer than commuting to Toronto during rush hour but care Taker Bob Young, media members, several members of the Ticats management and staff were aboard the trip. The captain of the ship and his crew, they held the trophy up in the air as they docked. It was it was really awesome and it was a very cool moment, a very Hamilton moment, if you will. Even when those cannons shot off in the air, it actually startled me. I knew it was coming. I saw them load the cannon, but yet I was still startled a little bit by how loud that cannon is but it was a great moment for the CFL a great moment for Hamilton and Hamilton Mayor Andrea Horvath was there and spoke about the Grey Cup's grand entrance to Hamilton. Uh, So it's an awesome day with the HMCS DeWolf landing in Hamilton or I guess not landing but sliding into the dock if you will. Uh, Meeting the DeWolf family has been amazing. Uh, The excitement's palpable and uh, it's going to be a great uh, game of course on Sunday but leading up to it lots of fun things to do in Hamilton. Really excited to invite the visitors that are coming as well as Hamiltonians to uh, celebrate Canadian football. What can you say about the impact something like this has on the city of Hamilton and the people and the fans? Oh it's amazing. I mean we know that Hamiltonians are amazing football fans that we have passion and that we are dedicated to the Tiger Cat. Uh, but we also love football writ large uh, so there's a lot of excitement there's a lot of uh, anticipation for what's coming uh, for Sunday of course but if, there's so many activities the the fan uh, the fan base the uh, the armories uh, James Street North north of York having uh, the, the, the festival if you will Santa Claus is coming yes, to town yeah, for yeah, the parade which is really cool uh, so it's uh, it's really gonna be a lot of fun and and fun for everyone there's a lot of events that kids are going to be involved in with the PA day this uh, this week week and it's just it's it's going to be a fantastic week that was mayor andrea horvath neil lumsden has hoisted the great cup several times in his career three as a player and one as the gm of the ticats back in 1999 and today he welcomed the trophy as a member of the government the minister of tourism culture and sport and he spoke to me about the grand arrival well, listen, today was a great day to, to get this. I mean, I hate even using the term, but the kickoff going. Uh, Hamilton is ready to go. The Tirecats um, have done such a tremendous job raising the bar. Uh, the event that's going to be in Niagara Falls on Thursday with the player awards and the concert. Just just everything bundled. It's, gonna, it's not about a game. The game will finish this fantastic week off, but... What a great way to start. Being surrounded by our service uh, women and men is just, uh, it's even better. Why do you think Hamilton's a great place to hold something like this and to have this event and this festival? 
Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. The, the Hamilton fans, and I've known this going way back, are, are very passionate about it, and they've been growing with that passion for a long time. So I get that totally. And, and, and you know, I said it earlier to a couple of people, CFL fans travel really well, and they're, and they're very receptive when it comes to the Great Cup. It's about having fun and having a party. Yeah, we may be on opposite teams. We'll worry about that on Sunday. But right now, this is about having fun because that's what this is really about. And certainly when you bring in a lot of people into Hamilton and around, they're received very well. From a tourism perspective, it's great. Uh, I just think culturally, it's it, we need something like this now. Mm-hmm. And the Great Cup is the perfect springboard to get things going. That was Neil Lumsden. Following the arrival of the Grey Cup, the Blue Bombers and the Alouettes were next to arrive at the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum following their flights to the Hammer, and Alouettes coach Jason Moss spoke about gearing up for the Grey Cup against a dominant Blue Bombers team. I'll say this, I don't, no one in our locker, I mean, I don't use the word underdog. I feel very confident, you know, where we are, what we do. Um, I'm, I think we're confident every week we can go in and beat anybody. And it's because of the way we work and how much we've come together and how much we've learned along the way. There's a lot of learning lessons. You know, those seven losses were, were times to learn. Um, you know, we did talk at the beginning of this. The awareness factor of this playoff run was the first step was to beat a Hamilton team that was represent or hosting a great cup, which you know every team that's hosting it wants to be in it. And they're going to give you everything they have. They've also been in two great cups recently. Then we said the next step would be against a 16-2 team who's 9-0 at home and just won a great cup and you got to be great to beat them so we got to be at our best and then we, we looked ahead and we said hey when we get to that third step there's a chance you play a team that's going to be going to their fourth great cup and have won two and you're going to have to be as good as you've ever been and and great to beat them so you know no matter what someone's going to look at us and say you know going against those teams you probably are the underdog that's just not the way we felt all along we just felt like if we learned lessons and we came together and we worked hard and that's what our culture is is working and uh, if we put that mindset to it and said we are going to make ourselves the best version of ourselves every day and when we show up to play these teams we will be great that's what we're intending to do now we have quite a bit to be quite honest maybe not as much as the bombers i don't think we nobody i think when you stack it up games played there won't be anything comparison that there are some guys on our team that do have that great cup experience Um, but i'll tell you what you know, four years ago when they showed up to their first one that they're going to now play in four in a row, they won. So I, I would throw all those things out the door. That experience can help you in some ways, but I think some ex- enthusiasm about being here the first time, coming together as a team, being through what we've been through, uh, going through what we've been through this year, we're as tight as anybody. And we had to be. If, we're, if we truly believe we're going to be victorious, you had to do all that just to give yourself a chance. Well, we've given ourselves a chance. We're here. Um, but I think everybody's enjoys each other's company so much, and that's what you're seeing. That was Jason Moss. Al's QB, Cody Fajardo, will start in his first Grey Cup against the Bombers and discussed his team's underdog season. Yeah, it was, it was emotional, for sure. Um, this team is very special, and they're, they're very special to me. Uh, and just giving us being given a second opportunity at professional sports doesn't come very often and I got that with Coach Moss and Danny Mack and um, this team from the first day of training camp we talked about winning a great cup and why not us there's nine teams why not us and we continue to push put our head down work 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 through the winning streaks the losing streaks and then back through the winning streaks again but um, personally for me to see the the fourth quarter the the clock hit zero and knowing that uh, I'll be going to my first great cup as a starting quarterback 
uh, meant a lot. And uh, just seeing how excited my family was, how excited my wife was. Uh, she posted some things on social media, and, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's about the people who have supported me through the tough years and through the good years. And um, that's why, uh, you know, you play the game. You play it for them. You play it for the people who make a lot of sacrifices for you. And that's what my wife does with our son at home. And uh, so it, it's a surreal moment being here and knowing that we'll be playing in the 110th Great Cup. Yeah, you know, it didn't really feel real. Obviously, after the game, it was we were celebrating, and, and that's all part of it. And then we went back to Montreal, and, you know, I go back to my uh, one-bedroom condo. My family's not there. I'm just kind of sitting there, like, thinking, we're in the Grey Cup, you know? And then when we land here, and then obviously the media attention and getting your uh, your hat, and uh, that, that's what it's all about. And um, I, I text a couple people uh, that have Grey Cup experience, uh, guys that I've played with, and um, asked them their kind of secrets to the week. And I'm not going to share those secrets with you guys, but I'm going to hold them close to my chest. But there was a lot of people that I reached out to just to kind of give me some advice for a week. And I've been a part of a great cup, uh, great cup winning team, but never as a starter. And so that's why I wanted to reach out to some guys and make sure that I'm doing all the right things uh, to, to put our team in the best position to win a football game. Yeah, you know, last year was extremely uh, difficult for me and my family. And uh, anytime you lose as many games as we did and, and miss the playoffs is always tough. But um, in a place that you, you pour your heart and soul out to and uh, you, you don't feel like you're, you're wanted back, um, offseason was extremely difficult for my wife and I. And contemplating if I should hang them up, contemplating if I should try and uh, make one more run uh, and see what happens uh, through free agency. But uh, to tell you the truth, my mindset changed this year. I, I changed one thing. Uh, this year, and I don't know if it's accredited to it, but mentally, um, I, d I devoted this year to all the people who have supported me. I wanted to prove all the people that supported me and loved me. Um, I wanted to prove all those people right, as opposed to prove all the naysayers wrong. And I think in the years past, I was so caught up in trying to prove everybody wrong and try to make everybody like me that uh, it was exhausting. And this year, I really focused on my inner circle and all the people that would text me after games when we'd lose, not the people who would text me after we won. Um, that, that's what it, it meant to me, and, and that was the ch one change I made. And I'll tell you, it's been a lot more satisfying this year, winning football games, uh, playing for the ones that love you, for the ones that make the sacrifices for you to be in this position to play football. Um, that's, that's what it's, it's meant for me. That was Al's QB, Cody Fajardo. The Bombers are no stranger to the Grey Cup as they gear up for the fourth in a row and their second in Hamilton in the last three years. And Coach Mike O'Shea spoke on being in yet another Grey Cup game. Yeah, I think we know our way around. You know, we know how to conserve time. You know, when you the extra little bit of time to close your eyes on a bus ride, or you know, when things aren't as well timed as they should be, how to how to steal a few moments for yourself, right? Um, but I mean, that's all stuff that they can figure out too. Well, I think that once again, I think the vets have chosen to stay in the moment, right? They, they have these other experiences they can draw upon and they absolutely use, but they're, you know, they can, they can still treat it as their first one, you know? They can use those experiences to get them through it, but they can still have that, that burn like it's their first one. Well, I think they're, they're riding a pretty good wave of momentum, right? They were on fire this last game, their defense especially, you know. They went out and, and took the game over, um, which is, I'm sure, is something they're going to be proud of. Um, but, uh, we've been in that same spot, like you said, and uh, I don't know that there's anything from that that we can use, <laughs> you know. We don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out what their, 
what they're feeling or thinking, right? That's that's their business. That was Blue Bombers coach Mike O'Shea. Zach Kalaros has been the QB for the Bombers in each of the last four Grey Cups this team has been a part of. And he's looking to make it a second Grey Cup win in Hamilton in the last three years. We're not going to talk about the last one, but he spoke about returning to Hamilton and having the chance to win another. It feels good to be back, you know. Um, it, you know, kind of having flashbacks to 21, and uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're excited about it. Yeah, well, the, the 21 Grey Cup, uh, you know, I was talking to Matt over there and Steve, and uh, you know, obviously he was coming off, or still kind of, you know, in the phase of the, the pandemic, and, and, and you know, the city of Hamilton was still. You know, able to pull pull it off and, and put something you know, together that was very special. So, yeah, I have no doubt that that'll be the same uh, the same case this season, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to um, you know, obviously not just the preparation, but you know, you know, seeing fans around town and uh, and talking to people. I think it's just the time together. You know, um, you know, going back to the bye week, it was, you know, I think Josh got up in front of us and said, hey, you know. You got one week or two weeks you know, left together kind of deal and you know uh, it's, it's just really special being to spend that extra time with your teammates you know obviously you know we're here for a reason um but it's it's i mean drew brown and i were talking about it from the 21 season you know some of our best memories of, you know as teammates uh was that 21 gray cup and it wasn't the, the game necessarily it was the time we were all able to spend together uh, you know grinding out film and in the conference rooms and the, uh, the different rooms and, and just just being together. So it's, it's uh, I think it's just spending time with teammates that makes it really special. That was Zach Kalaros. Joining me now is Coach Sal. Coach, an exciting weekend of football on Saturday and, and some surprises. We saw the Alouettes take out the Argonauts. Maybe not so surprisingly, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeating the BC Lions in an exciting game. Let's start with Montreal-Toronto. I mean, what Montreal was able to do winning 38-17. to What did you see in that game, and, and why was Montreal so successful against those those really good Argonauts? Well, to me, uh, Braden, the Argonauts looked like a team that uh, hadn't played a meaningful game in uh, three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and they were rusty, uh, you know, in some areas. Now, they were able to move the ball down the field, but uh, the interception... Uh, uh, that the Quad took back for six points uh, right off the goal line. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kelly never read the man-for-man coverage and tried to put a sidearm throw in there, and it, it was picked off. Um, they never really recovered from that. And you mentioned 38 points. Uh, only two offensive touchdowns. Yeah. The rest of the points came from special teams and defense. And defense wins championships, and and Montreal proved that uh, in uh, their game against uh, the Toronto Argonauts. And let's keep going with that defense. How good is that Montreal defense? We saw how good they were against the Ticats. We've seen how they've played all season long, but but just how good is this Montreal defense? Well, you know, when we played against Montreal, you and I talked about their defense in uh, Noel Thorpe and yep. the way he likes to play. And he made adjustments for the Hamilton game, uh, and he made numerous adjustments for the Toronto game. And the adjustments he made really paid dividends. I mean, they forced eight turnovers in that game Mm -hmm. uh, against Toronto. Uh, You know, I think they're an excellent defense, uh, and uh, uh, give Lemon uh, a lot of credit for helping in that defensive line. And the strip sack that he had uh, in that ballgame 
right after a turnover. There, there was a interception and then an immediate turnover with Lemon coming from the backside. I think uh, their, their defensive group is as good as it's going to get uh, mm-hmm. right now. And what he comes up with against uh, Zach uh, Kolaris and the Grey Cup will be very interesting to watch. And how do you think this defense matches up against that Winnipeg offense and Zach Kolaris? You know, uh, to me, uh, you have to look at it in, in certain ways. Uh, when when you watch Winnipeg's offense, uh, the offensive coordinator, Buck Pierce, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it's not so much about the plays, but about the players. And, and I, what I mean by that is uh, he has to know who needs to touch the ball to make that offense go. And in the game against BC, for example, you saw where Oliveri uh, touched the ball in the first uh, quarter and a half uh, Mm -hmm. and ran the ball down the throat uh, of BC. Uh, Second to that, uh, you looked at Lawler, Lawler, Lawler. the receiver. And any time they went one-on-one coverage, uh, he went to Lawler. And, and, you know, Lawler had uh, six catches in the game for 83 yards, but he also had a PI uh, against uh, BC that amounted to a big gain also. Yeah. And then lastly, you know, um, the slot back Demsky, he's the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. So what, what Montreal is going to have to do is concentrate on those three guys. Now, I don't know if Sean will be back for this ball game, the other receiver, but it, it's a monumental task to cover those three guys uh, the whole key will be, you know, the fact that the offensive line can can they handle Montreal's defensive line and give Kolaris time. It's exciting. You're going to see, in my opinion, the best offense in the league go up against arguably the best defense in the league in this great cup, which, which makes it all the more exciting. I think Brady Oliveira really is the catalyst on that Winnipeg offense, but how important is he for Winnipeg and, and how important is it to get him going like he did against BC and, and get him those touches and get him to break through that, that D line. Well, it's absolutely uh, the way to go for Winnipeg. They've proven that all year long. You know, that's why the guys almost got 2000 yards uh, combined uh, receiving and uh, running. So I think that's very important. And of course, what that means for Montreal, they're going to have to sell those linebackers up tight to the line of scrimmage to stop him. Yeah. Now, the offensive line for Winnipeg is good. If they can move those defensive people around and get some yardage out of Oliveira, now the play action pass for Claris becomes a big thing. And it gives time downfield. People don't recognize that you go play action to allow time down the field for the receivers to get into their routes. And, and that all plays uh, into what Calaris does so well. Coach, who do you like in this one? I know it's a tough question because they're, they've both done so much this season. But but do you, is there anyone you're thinking has, a, has the edge in this game? Yeah, I think Winnipeg will have the edge in the game. Number one, they've been there numerous times in, in past years. I think this has been like 13 years since Montreal has yeah. been in the game. So a lot of things are different. Uh, you know, the teams will arrive today, Monday, uh, in the late afternoon, and they, their whole week is scheduled for them. It, yeah. it takes a lot of energy to uh, to be able to to confine yourself to the game. 
because the fact that you got so many events and so many things happening around you, you have to shut out that noise and, and be able to concentrate. Winnipeg will be able to do that because of their veteran presence yeah. uh, in this game. Coach, in your experience, what are these weeks like, these Grey Cup weeks and and all the festivities that go around it and all that extra media attention? What are those weeks like for teams? It, it's it's difficult in a lot of ways because the coaching staff uh, wants to be able to coach and they don't have a lot of time to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, the time on the field uh, is, is basically the only time you get. Mm-hmm. You know, in past years, we tried to have meetings with our players and we would schedule meetings for a certain time of day and then find out that they had to be in another place for an interview <laughs> with the media people, et cetera. And so that would break down. And, you know, after having gone three times uh, with a team into Grey Cups, we learned that, that you had to conserve yourself and you had to, to have everything ready before you ever left home uh, in order to do it because you're in a hotel. Yeah. And, and you're trying to set up your screens for your, your video and, and you want to break down film and you want to do all this stuff. There's not time for that. So <laughs> uh, basically, you know, you, you've just got to be able to keep your head up and, and understand that a lot is going on and you got to concentrate on the game. Coach, do you have a great cup memory that you'd like to share? Anything that sticks out to you and one that you can share with us on the show? I've been getting a lot of memories in the last week from alumni guys. I want to get one from you. Is there is there a story that sticks out in your mind right now? Well, you know, when we went to uh, BC in 86, and, and this uh, goes back to what we were just talking about, uh, our hotel was uh, uh, on Broadway, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to go into the stadium from there, et cetera. Well, we got back from our first practice only to find out that all our video equipment had been stolen. Wow. <laughs> we didn't have anything that we could use uh, to uh, to help the team. Oh, now, no. maybe it helped us because, uh, as I said, there wasn't time to do it anyways. But uh, all of our – at that time, there were beta boxes, <laughs> and all of it was gone. And, wow. And we had no way to, to uh, do anything. So uh, basically it was, we just talked with our players instead of uh, trying to show video, et cetera. So that was one of the things that stood out uh, to me in in that first game. That's, that's tough. I mean, it's kind of tough to try and visualize it without the uh, actual video. What makes these games, the atmosphere and and the, the fans and everything make it so much bigger? Well, you know, I would encourage the, the uh, fans in Hamilton to go down to James street. And, and go to the uh, Edmonton uh, group, go to the Calgary Pancake uh, Festival, et cetera. All of those things bring the entire country. There are guys who will come here from as far away as BC with no intent of ever going to the game. They yeah. come for the festival and, and they want to take part in, in what's going on around the game. And Hamilton's done such a fantastic job of setting this up that, that that's one of the things that, uh, you know, this game really epitomizes uh, what Canada and the Canadians are all about. Yeah. You know, they love to have uh, a, a national uh, focus for one single game, and, and the Grey Cup provides that for them. Besides from the Grey Cup, is there anything you're, you're looking forward to this week? I know there's going to be so much going on. Is there anything that's that's on your schedule that you're looking forward to? Yeah, the, the alumni luncheon, uh, Legends Luncheon, which yep. will be at Luana Gardens is always a highlight uh, to me. 
because there are so many players from so many different teams that will come to that event. Uh, it really uh, puts on a, a great atmosphere. And, and you see players who played against one another 25 years ago, yeah. uh, embracing one another and telling stories about the games they played in against each other. Yeah, I believe tickets are still available for that. So, Ticats fans, if you're looking to attend that, maybe you can meet Coach Sal and some other alumni. Coach, it's always great to have you on the show. It's going to be an exciting week. I'm sure I'll see you all over Hamilton. And and looking forward to this great cup game and and seeing you around there. So, once again, Coach Sal, thanks for joining me today. Uh, you're more than welcome, Brayden. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Cats Audio Network. Check back often throughout the 2023 Grey Cup Festival for more.